Thanks for tuning in to the A Champion's Mind podcast. Today I've got a very special guest. We've got Christopher Blevins, who is currently on the Actions Hagen Berman team on the road, and he rides for the specialized mountain bike team. So he's a guy that dips a little bit into both disciplines, mountain and road. So Chris, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mario. So Chris, I gave you a very generic introduction there. So tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the things maybe that you're up to. I'm 18 years old, will be 19, middle of March. This is my first season as U23, and it's also my first year in college at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. I was raised in Durango, Colorado, which is a little bit similar to San Luis Obispo. Both are amazing spots to ride a bike. They both rode a mountain bike. So now I uh, race both and, yeah, throw in school in there as well. Awesome. Well, Chris, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the sport. And when I say sport, I guess that's generically just cycling, but, you know, maybe you just got started in one over the other. But anyhow, take us to the beginning of your journey here. So I started BMX when I was five, and, uh, you know, BMX is definitely a sport for a lot of little kids. So I think my dad saw an ad in the local newspaper, and we checked out the track, and from there I just loved it and spent the first years of my elementary school life traveling all over for BMX. I was definitely really into it from the get-go. And then being raised in Durango is it's such a mountain bike hub. So it was inevitable for me to get on the mountain bike. And I rode with Durango Devo throughout my whole high school and middle school. And they really raised me on having fun on the mountain bike. And I was really lucky. I can't stress how lucky enough to, to ride with Durango Devo growing up. So that brought the mountain bike into it. And then I started racing road and, uh, uh, the past couple years, I'm solely focused on both road and mountain bike, and BMX has dropped off. Yeah, so the common denominator is cycling and the bike, but the different disciplines within the bike have kind of changed over the years. Yeah, and they're very different. Obviously, BMX is uh, like a 35-second race and intense and a sprinter sport, and road is quite different. So the mentality for the two has definitely changed, and I've learned something from both that apply to each other. So Awesome. Well, Chris, I'm going to have – so I know Chris personally, as I as I know a lot of the guests that I have on interviews personally. This young man right here, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm interviewing is just one of the nicest young men you'll ever meet. And along with that, with most nice people that we say are nice, a very humble individual. So I'm going to have to get this out of him, and it's going to be like pulling teeth, but I'm going to put him on the spot right now. Chris, would you tell us some, because we probably don't have time to go through all of them, just give us some of the accomplishments that you've earned in just the different disciplines, maybe. If you can give us some BMX stuff you've done, if you can give us some stuff you've done on the mountain bike, and if you can give us some stuff that you've done on the shortest career that you have had so far on the road. Sure. Yeah, thank you, Mario. Since I mentioned BMX, first I'll start with that. There was just an article posted in BMXer Pole Magazine, and I hadn't known the number of national age group championships I've won because I raced BMX for 13 years, and it was listed there, and they were talking about the kind of the greatest NAG champions national age group in BMX history. So that was cool to see since I'm out of the sport now, and I was mentioned in it again, but I won nine BMX age group national championships, and then on the mountain bike side, I've won the national championship for the past seven years, eight years. And then last year was my strongest season internationally on the mountain bike. And I was able to win a World Cup in Alpstadt and then finish fourth at 17-18 mountain bike world championships. Roadside, I won a couple national championships and 
last year, my best result, which was pretty unexpected. And I found myself in a position to, to go for the stage win. And then the GC, my biggest road win was last year at the Junior Peace Race, which is a four-day stage race in Czech Republic. And it's probably one of the most competitive stage races in my age group. So there's a bit of an overview. Wow, that's a lot. And there's a reason why I asked him to do that, and I will get into that in a second, guys. But there's a reason why I asked him to do that. And, yeah, there's definitely a purpose there. So reverent of some of the stuff he's been able to do, but we're going to unpack it a little bit more as we go through the interview. So thanks for sharing that, Chris. Now, that being said, Chris rides for the Actions or the Action Hagen Berman team, which is one of – it's probably the best development team in the world right now, just turning out – Traditionally, guys have used that as a springboard to go on and ride and have a career in the professional ranks on pro tour teams in Europe. So, Chris, I want you to take us through, and your journey is a little bit different because you've kind of hopped around in different disciplines, but I guess if we're just talking about the bike, the bicycle in general, at what point did you begin to put things together and realize that, you know, maybe this is what I want to do, and there's definitely a lifestyle here that I want to create around bicycles and getting to the professional ranks and just taking this as far as I can. Can you take us through maybe when that occurred and kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd say it was definitely a slow progression and it wasn't a specific moment I remember where I really realized this is what I want to do and this is what I want to be. In some ways, it has been, you know, my entire life since I started so young with BMX. But the past couple years racing internationally, being exposed to, you know, more serious side of racing, that has really opened the door on kind of the professional side and, and possibly making it a career. So I think last year specifically was really eye-opening to kind of observe the people that were just a couple years older than me and how they were devoting all their time into it. And then, you know, realizing when I was applying for colleges that bike racing was a huge part and I didn't want to compromise that going somewhere where I couldn't ride my bike. So I think this past year was, was big, a lot of transition, a lot of life transitions and on the bike transition. So I think throughout last year, I kind of realized I'm putting you know, my best foot forward on the bike and also wanting to juggle school. So I'm definitely at a point now where I want to, you know, take it as far as I can and whether that's in road or mountain biking. Would you say that there's been a, a mindset shift that you've had to undergo in that progression? Yeah, I think I've always been not fully centered on the bike, even though it's been a huge part of me. It's really important to me to have other interests and other things that kind of hold me down other than the bike. So it's definitely a balance of, you know, doing what you want separate from the bike and then having to make sacrifices to be the best you can be on the bike. So I think I've kind of grasped better what those sacrifices entail and, you know, what it means to really take it to the next level. So, yeah, I think it's a mindset shift that happens gradually and it's something that I'm learning and still have a lot to learn from. And thankfully, I, I get that opportunity to learn from all the older guys on action. And observing them has been great for me. Cool. And I'm glad that you mentioned doing the things you need to do as a professional on the bike, but then also being able to do what, some of what you want to do off the bike. I think that's important. I, I have, I've seen it myself in the professional ranks with guys that are world tour. I've seen more attention by director sportifs and just staff in general in making sure that their riders are 
sure, we're about the bike and we need to make sure that we dedicate a lot of time and a lot of resources, obviously, and this is where the majority of our energy goes. But at the same time, I think there's a definite awareness now of the fact that you've also got to have some kind of an outlet where you can kind of drop your shoulders and not be professional bike racer as you learn to cook or as you do photography or you read books or, you know, we've got Chad Haga, you know, Texas native that plays the piano. So just little different things like that that allow you guys to separate because it is such a consuming endeavor that you're trying to do to be a professional. So I'm glad you brought that up. Balance is is really key as best of a balance as you can have, right? Because you guys are doing such strenuous training that it really doesn't leave a whole lot of time for much else. But it's important to make sure that we safeguard those little moments that you have and that we allow you to do some of the things that you like to do outside of the sport of cycling. So, yeah. So, Chris, if you can talk to us, nobody is self-made. So regardless of what the media can tell us about people doing it on their own, those of us that are slightly intelligent even know that that's not the case and that we need support from others. So can you tell us about some of the folks that have been the most supportive of you as you just continue along this journey in cycling? Yeah, I could talk about that all day because I'm really grateful for everyone I've had. Obviously, we need to start with my parents and uh, my sister. My dad has been traveling with me on the bike since I was five. And, you know, he's been my biggest supporter and, you know, greatest ally in it all. So my dad has been a huge influence on me and a very positive influence on my cycling. I mentioned a little bit Durango Devo and the impact Devo and uh, the town of Durango has had on me. Really implemented fun in biking from the start. And I was really lucky to ride with a bunch of fast guys who were older than me and spend my childhood riding on the amazing trails in Durango. So Chad Cheney and all of Durango Devo have been a huge influence on me. I met Mario through Christian Williams and the Garmin Slipstream team. And my couple years on Garmin and later Williams Racing Academy was my first year taking road more seriously. So Christian Williams and the whole Williams family was a great influence. And now I have an incredible support system I feel with action and the national team. And that was kind of my biggest realization at team camp that I've got a lot of people who've got my back and who in my corner to help me throughout everything. So yeah, Reed and everybody at action. My agent is Joel Correa, who works for is Corso and really fortunate to have such a good guy backing me all the time. So <laughs> I could rant forever on all the people that have helped me. Got to mention the coach Dario Frederick as well. But yeah, I think, Having a support system in cycling is huge because you might wind up, you know, in a foreign country with a team that you might not be comfortable in yet. And if you have some people that you can dial up and call back home who can get you through difficult times and be there for the good times, I think that's crucial in in our sport. So Awesome. Yeah. And again, just to, to reiterate, you know, Chris's character here, super grateful kid, just fantastic joy to be around so he's not kidding when he says he can go on all day because he would remember every single person that has attributed in some way to his success so fantastic chris let me ask you a question this this is a question that i usually just throw out there for the interviewee but for you it might be a little bit different because i mean you mentioned all the national titles you've won in bmx and on the mountain bike and so it sounds like you started at five, and it sounds like you almost kind of hit the ground running in terms of just 
being able to be successful and be at the front of some of these races. So this question might look a little bit different to you, but did you have folks that tried to kind of creep into your life and be negative influences at some point here? As far as, well, you know, Chris, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't think that you're going to make it. I mean, look at that result you just got, or you're starting to slow down, or just somebody that's obviously not supporting you. They're not being positive. They're more kind of looking at it as, you know, as you continue along your journey and as you continue to voice your, you know, want and desire to continue to take this, keep going forward, you know, the ones that are maybe saying things like, you know, you should just go to college and just leave the bike thing because, I mean, it's not working out. Just something like that. And, again, this might look a little bit different for you because I don't know how many of those folks you've had just with the amount of success that you've been able to enjoy. Yeah. I think for me, people have been more concerned about all that I'm doing and, and being able to balance it all. So, you know, I've definitely had people this past year looking forward to this year as a U23 concerned about racing two disciplines and also putting school in there. So it wasn't ever somebody telling me that I couldn't do it. They were just more worried about if I'd have enough energy and focus to be able to do it all. So I definitely got some questions about how I was going to possibly, you know, race on a pro continental team and mountain bike and go to school. And I actually (laughs) haven't raced yet this season. So uh, I've got that to prove still, but I've really been comfortable here at school and my training's been going great. So I feel like the balance has been tough, but I've managed it. But yeah, I think concerns about managing it all has been the biggest thing. But, you know, early on and kind of establishing myself as a cyclist did happen from the get go, like you said, because I started so young and it just became me. Yeah. Throughout the years. So that, that helps. Let me ask, what about dealing with the pressure So you're winning national championship after national championship. I mean, you rattled them off. You know, you said you and you couldn't remember, but you were saying, yeah, maybe seven or eight years in mountain bike, which means it's a repetitive thing. And that means it's happening year after year. Does it begin to to get more heavy as at, you know, you're at year three and now you get to year four. But then when you're at year six, is it more pressure than it was at year four? How do you handle all of that? How do you get through and navigate that to obviously be able to continue to bring home the bacon to continue to be able to bring home a national championship. How do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of kind of step back from it and look at the bigger picture and not get wrapped up in what year this is that I'm going for it again, you know, what I have to prove to anyone. So I think I kind of step back and like I mentioned a little bit, and like you said, having kind of a separate outlet and anchor away from cycling kind of puts things in perspective and makes the focus clear that it's just a bike race and you got to do the best you can and be the best you can. So, I mean, yeah, pressure is definitely part of it. And fortunately I learned that early on in BMX. I remember some races and it's so intense. If you mess up in the first five seconds of a BMX race, your entire season could be something that you didn't want it to be. So with BMX, I, from the young age had a lot of lot of pressure that I put on myself and that other people put on me. And I think throughout that, I kind of became focused and maybe to the point where it was too much. I remember being so nervous to the point where I felt sick before races, but I felt like I performed well under pressure and I kind of established that mentality. So when it's time for me to focus, when the gun's about to go off at the start of a race, 
I feel like I'm 100% in my zone and nothing rattling me outside. So it's kind of just focusing within you and realizing what this means and how you can best approach it. So Yeah, what do you mean by focusing within you? Do you mean that you're just concerned about yourself and maybe not concerned about other people and the things that you need to do in order to be successful? Is that kind of what you're meaning by that? Yeah, it's definitely drawing that race power from yourself, but it's also being motivated by other people. You know, I don't think when people say you completely focus on yourself, I don't think that's realistic in sport because of course you're going to think about your competitors and what they're doing, but you can't get uh, stuck on that. So I think moments before the race and throughout where I'm focused, it's kind of keeping it within myself, but also remembering and being conscious of all the hard work that I did that led up into that moment. So you're focused on the moment, but you're also drawing motivation from outside aspects and drawing that in. So I think the center is kind of focused on your own race, but you only grab the motivation from outside. You don't grab the distraction, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, totally. I think you're right. When you've got other people around you, you can't completely ignore them because some of their actions could impact you. And so, therefore, you need to be cognizant of what's going on out there. But at the same time, I like what you said. You draw from the fact that you're prepared as best you can to be able to take on what you believe to be the challenges ahead of you. And that's huge because that boosts confidence. So if you feel that you're ready, that you're fit, that your training has been what it needs to be to get you to that moment, then now competition becomes this fun thing where we're looking to execute on all of the hard work that we've done thus far. I think a lot of competitors look at it the other way around. They train and they prepare, and then when they get to the competition, they get super nervous because they're not focusing on the fact that they've already put in the hard work, and this is just basically a showcase of their abilities. And it's fun to be able to showcase that for themselves and maybe for anybody that's watching and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think that's a great perspective to have there. What would you say is some things that you've learned so far in your journey as you kind of move through and continue to to move through the professional ranks here? I'll say it one more time, you know, and that's kind of keeping that perspective on what bike racing is in the grand scheme of things. So that's really important to me. I've learned a lot about the intricacies of the sport and the subtleties that like keep you going and that's sleep, that's recovery and nutrition and all of that. And that's, that's huge. I kind of, this is my third year with Dario Frederick as my coach and he's very a big proponent of recovery and having time to, to rest. And you're only going to be as good as the rest that you get. So not going a hundred percent all the time in training and being working harder than everybody, but also working smarter is super important. I think I've learned patience too. I'm 18 right now and a lot of people, you know, in my position with this new action team, which is a premier development program, you know, are kind of on a one track course to the world tour ranks or trying to get there. And, um, I'm kind of learned that patience is key. You know, this is kind of the first year of a four-year process for me. As a U23, I've got four years left. And um, as college, I have four years left. And if we talk about the mountain bike side of things, my big goal in four years is 2020, Tokyo Olympics. So being patient and 
kind of learning something throughout every step of the journey is is important. So those that's yeah, three separate things if that helps. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about the patience thing. I want to talk about the fact that you just mentioned as an 18-year-old, you just mentioned four years, like a four-year time period. For an 18-year-old to understand what four years is, I mean, that's huge because I agree with you, especially with those folks that may be listening to this that are younger. It's a process, and it takes a long time, and people look at four years and go, man, that is such a long period of time. You've got to be so patient to allow things to happen, to allow yourself to learn, to allow yourself to grow. It would be foolish for you to think that, wow, I got on this team. So now in one year or even two years, like I'm going to make it, I'm going to reach, you know, the pinnacle of the sport and go ahead and go world tour. And the fact that you've got the perspective that this is going to take a little while, but you're buckled in and you're ready for the ride. And I think that's where a lot of folks kind of get off the tracks a little bit is because they fast forward to world tour and they don't realize that today is very important. Today's just as important as the day that hopefully you get to sign that world tour contract. Like today has a part in that four years removed from that process. Today's just as important. So what are you doing with today? I love that you address recovery Eating, sleeping, those small things that many of us would take for granted. Many of us do the training. So we go ride our bikes. But then you start thinking about how many of you eat right? How many of you get the adequate amount of sleep? How many of you recover well? And all of a sudden, those numbers start to go down. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, as you move up the ranks, the number of professionals begins to go down as well. And then you get to the world tour, and then it's the top you know, less than 1% of the world's population that make it to be in that particular elite group of bicycle riders. So I love that you talked about that. I would say this, attention to detail is huge, and that's something that you've learned, and that's fantastic. So thank you for listening to the A Champion's Mind podcast. I hope that part one of this episode with Chris Blevins has been insightful for you and has given you a little bit of a picture of the mindset and the things that an elite athlete like Chris thinks about. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I recommend you jump over to iTunes and search A Champion's Mind where you can find several other podcast episodes and you can just go ahead and download those and subscribe so that you don't miss any subsequent episodes. In addition, I've got some other free content available. I've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook page, both by the same name, Utmost Performance, where you'll find videos and other nice things that I think that you would benefit from. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you want a last stop shop where you can grab all of this stuff, then go ahead and visit the website, utmostperformance.info. And on that website, you'll also find ways to be able to contact me in case you yourself would like to begin working on your mindset and possibly partner with me on a one-on-one basis so that we can break down and get into the nooks and crannies where I would be of service for you and help you to perform at a higher level. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day.